Hi, listeners. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to the 2024 edition of Mind Your Mind Speaks. Our podcast is a series that brings together subject matter experts, community leaders, and local stakeholders to raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about the Cobb Collaborative's focus areas. Today, we are delighted to welcome one of our very own, Caitlin Ball, to the program. Caitlin is the Cobb Collaborative's Director of Strategic Initiatives and Partnerships, and is passionate about our efforts to help Cobb County be not only trauma responsive, but also a resiliency-focused community. But before we get into all of that, Caitlin, please share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Thank you, Irene. I am so excited and honored to be on this podcast today. Um, For those listeners that don't know, I got my start with Cobb Collaborative in August of 2021 as a graduate intern, working on our Vote Your Voice initiative and and really getting into our civic engagement stuff. And um, really, it's been this past year that I've dove into this resiliency-focused and and trauma-informed space um, through my education and the, the trainings that I've gone through. So in May of this year, I did complete my master's of industrial organizational psychology. And then June, I got trained in the community resiliency model training. And then July got promoted to this position of director of strategic initiatives and partnerships. And so through all of that experience and and just insight, um, I've really looked at the way that we engage with our community um, as a, in more in an intentional space. So looking at how are we bringing this trauma responsive and resiliency focus to various sectors of, of our community, um, and then just bringing more awareness to the human experience and how we can support that, whether that be from a community standpoint, an organizational standpoint, or an individual standpoint. Um, and I'm just so excited to have this space to share with you guys some of um, what I've gained this past year and, and how we can really move forward in this resiliency space. Wonderful. Thank you. Boy, Caitlin, 2023 was an action-packed year for you. I realize now in, in hindsight. And if you're looking to catch your breath in 2024, guess what? That's probably not going to happen <laughs> right. because we have so much going on, but it's all good, um, mm-hmm. good stuff. So so thank you for that. And thank you for joining me on the show today. So, Caitlin, unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be any reversal or change in the trends around mental health. Lots of people across various demographics, whether it's age or race or ethnicity, struggling with anxiety, depression, and even more serious mental health conditions, and youth in particular, are impacted we know or we have read uh, probably from a short-term perspective what the pandemic and that shutdown and that isolation did to our youth. We know that it also impacted other communities, um, particularly the elder community greatly. Um, longitudinal studies might not or might be what reveals the the long-term impacts of this. But we are dealing with what we know right now, and that's 
that our community, a lot of folks are struggling. As you're out in the community, what do you hear from people about what they or their loved ones are dealing with? Yeah, I think especially the past couple of years have just really um, amplified what already was an issue in the mental health space prior. I mean, like you mentioned, the pandemic, right? That was a, a collective trauma that all of us experienced together. Um, there's so many things happening in the world right now, like the wars and, and the conflicts that are happening in Israel and Gaza and still in Ukraine and Russia and and all that comes with that, maybe some increased discrimination and, and whatnot. And so you've got these really big, um, more collective traumas that we're experiencing um, as a whole, but then we also have the individual traumas that we we might be going through. Um, just the the typical stressors of of day to day, right? Like, how am I going to pay my bills with inflation? And um, maybe you're caring for an elderly parent, right? So some of those things, um, in addition to the way that we're we're more connected than ever. I think that can really um, amplify some of the stress and anxiety and depression, some of these deeper things, because, you know, it's like we're in this never ending bad news cycle. And especially for youth, right? We're more connected now than ever. And you're exposed to more things. But I think that weighs very heavily on youth. Um, youth in particular, I think are one, they're dealing with their typical stressors, like is my crush going to notice me or am I going to pass this exam that I have? Um, but then with the exposure of things like social media and whatnot, um, that is really impacting like their brain chemistry and their dopamine levels and all these things that um, can just cause confusion. And especially if they don't have the, the, the skills and the tools to navigate those things, um, it just it continues to build. Um, I think that's one of the things we cover in community resiliency model is this cumulative trauma or, um, you know, chronic stress that just doesn't stop, right? Um, it feels like there's no escape. Um, and that really weighs on us mentally, physically, spiritually, all of these things. Um, I think youth too feel very misunderstood these days. Um, I think there's a lot of changes in society and technology even that um, can be really hard for parents and caregivers to navigate and understand themselves. Um, and then there becomes a little bit of a disconnect too between maybe parents and children that there's this misunderstanding they don't get me um and and for parents too it's it's hard to know how to manage you know a social media account or navigate all the things that they might not be up to speed on um so i think it, in general you know we have our typical stressors but then it just seems like over the last few years in particular everything's just been really amplified um and, and it does make it difficult when you don't have the skills and maybe the healthy coping skills mm -hmm. to manage those things. Yeah. You mentioned something and isn't it ironic that a device and tools that keep us more connected, which they do, our smartphones and our mm -hmm. other devices do that, but they can also make us feel more isolated. Mm -hmm. And isn't that ironic? Like we have, you know, we may have more Facebook or excuse me, young people, um, Insta <laughs> or, you know, the TikTok or YouTube followers and than ever before. But when we mm -hmm. think about like 
who do we really hang out with? Who can we truly be ourselves with? That number is probably pretty small, right? Mm -hmm. And it that disparity can lead to feelings of loneliness and mm -hmm. being isolated. Yeah. And I think, you know, as human beings, we want to belong. We want to feel like we're a part of the community. Um, and with things like social media and that kind of isolation, it does make you feel like an outsider sometimes because it, it is a highlight reel, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Social yeah. media and everything isn't real necessarily. It is just kind of the outward appearance that you want to put put out there. Um, and for some, you know, if you're just scrolling through social media and seeing all these fun things happening, you know, you do feel left out and you feel like, well, where's my wonderful vacation or, oh you know, wh whatever that might be. Um, and it does, I think really hit on that, that part of us as human beings that really just want to feel like we're a part of something bigger mm -hmm. and we are connected. Um, mm -hmm. and that, that human connection is what is, is so vital these days. Yeah. So Caitlin, um, you mentioned it, you know, all these big things going on in, in our world. And one of the things that we've been very open about talking about at the collaborative is that big emotions and ups and downs are part of the human experience. We probably didn't think that global conflicts in 2023 and into 2024 would be a part of that human experience, um, increased incidences of discrimination Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, and that's, um, you know, sadly been ongoing in our history, it seems to mm -hmm. sometimes, uh, well, I guess overall it ebbs and flows, but it never completely goes away. Mm -hmm. But it's here. And those are things that people have, a lot of people have big emotional responses to, and rightly mm -hmm. so, right? It it impacts us. I always grimace when somebody says, well, don't take it personally. Well, of course I'm going to take it personally. I am a person. <laughs> feelings and feelings are neither good nor bad. They just are there and mm -hmm. we need to acknowledge them. So we know we can't eliminate it. We Unfortunately, we don't have a magic wand to spring world peace to everybody as wonderful as that would be. So it really comes down to how we deal with these things and how we respond to these things. And you touched on that a little bit when you mentioned the the coping skills and the wellness mm -hmm. skills. So can you expound upon that a little more? Yeah, you know, as human beings, we are we're not designed to be happy all the time. We're designed to be alive and safe, right? And so, mm -hmm. like you said, you know, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be happy and sad moments in our lives, but it really is about how we respond to those things. I think that's really the only thing we can control in life. Um, but a lot of times, you know, how we respond really goes back to what we know, right? The things that we were exposed to growing up, um, maybe things that we've witnessed and in, in kept us safe in the past. And sometimes those look like unhealthy coping skills, right? Maybe somebody turns to substance abuse or self-harm or withdrawal and isolation. And that might be a way that somebody responds and deals with trauma. Um, but is that productive for me? Is that, you know, benefiting my well-being? Um, and what we want to do is really shift that and learn better or 
maybe not better, but, you know, healthier coping skills mm-hmm. um, that won't necessarily be detrimental to our physical, mental, um, spiritual self. Right. And I think with reactions to, to trauma and stress, it is a spectrum. So we all respond very differently to the things that impact us in our day to day. Um, and we really have to figure out what helps us in this moment, right. Um, in terms of coping skills that work for me, that may not be the best thing for you, right. If I enjoy some yoga, um, that might not be the best thing for you, but, um, really it's just coming down to the things that we can't control in life are going to come and hit us. Right. But Mm -hmm. it's, um, more about gaining an awareness of how we respond to these things um, that allows us to have a little bit more control of that too. So we can say, okay, um, you know, I might be really stressed out about a bill coming up and, but what am I doing in response to this? And that awareness can really help us shift and, and take action um, where we we need to in, in finding resources, finding people that we can count on. Um, but it's, you know, again, I think it comes back to what we're used to and what we've seen. And so um, sometimes we don't have the skills we need. And that's just because maybe the the caregivers in our lives didn't have those skills either. Um, and that's okay. Again, we're mm-hmm. all human beings, but um, can we be more aware, right? Can we be more intentional about our responses um, in a way that's going to um, make a positive impact on our well-being? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess the good news is that what you're saying, there's always the opportunity to learn new skills and to develop new neural pathways that will hopefully promote resiliency, mm-hmm. um, improve coping skills. You you mentioned a couple of things, yoga, um, I know um, other um, meditative practices mm-hmm. or um, people's um, faith traditions, um, drinking, um, something soothing like mm-hmm. chamomile tea, mm-hmm. um, or something like that. And all of these things are really pieces. I know it might be easy for people to roll their eyes, but really they're pieces of building resiliency, which is something that you're very passionate about. So what can people learn or gain from cultivating resiliency? I mean, there is purpose in taking a moment to um, track your body, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Or at the end of the day, writing three things in your gratitude journal Mm -hmm. that you are grateful for. I mean, all of these things as perhaps um, one-off as they sound, they all work together to cultivate a sense of resiliency in people, right? Absolutely. And I think it is accumulation of these small moments that really make a big impact in our day to day. Um, Right. Our resilience is our ability to withstand those ups and downs that life Mm -hmm. is going to throw at us. And um, and we all have the capacity to grow and build the resiliency within ourselves. Um, When we gain resilience, we gain compassion and empathy for ourselves and for others. Right. We can acknowledge that we are human beings and we may be a little sad sometimes or a little anxious sometimes, and that's okay. Um, but it's not staying with those, right? Mm-hmm. And our our resiliency is 
our ability to go through those ups and downs, but then come back to this state of well-being where I know I'm going to be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we focus on our resilience too, we can really focus on the strengths within. We can look at what is right with me, right? Where am I strong that I can thrive? Um, And and even that inner resilience can be a a really good part of ourselves that keeps us going, that gets us through something, right? So if I'm going through a really hard time this past year, I lost my grandmother and that was difficult for me, but knowing that I've gone through hard times before I've mm-hmm. um, I have strength within me that really helps you keep going when you're, you have those lows and downs in life. Um, and so when we gain resilience and when we can cultivate this resilience within, we have a, a wider buffer essentially um, to help us navigate those things. So we're not just immediately <laughs> thrown for a loop when something happens, when we get into a fender bender, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just able to better handle the flows of life um, when we can really intentionally do those small moments and small things to build our resilience. Um, and that's why I love about the community resiliency model too, is that a lot of the skills are simple and um, mm-hmm. things that we're already doing for ourselves. Um, it's just the intentionality of it in, in recognizing that. So it's good that building resiliency doesn't cost money. Um, yes. <laughs> it doesn't add extra time to your day. It's using moments and awareness with intentionality to mm-hmm. um to think about how you're dealing. Is that a fair way to state it? Yeah, I think so. And and for me, coming back to CRIM and the community resiliency model, mm-hmm. tracking is is the first skill. And to me, that's the most useful skill. Um, mm-hmm. at least for me, because yeah, it does give you just that awareness and intentionality. Um, so I can recognize, okay, I'm maybe in my high zone or low zone, or, you know, I may not be in this state of well-being right now. Mm-hmm. So maybe I shouldn't respond to this text message when I'm really <laughs> irritated, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it allows you to have a little bit more control when we're intentional and when we can just recognize okay, yeah, I'm feeling heated and angry right now. Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, remove myself from the situation. So um, it allows us to have that choice um, where a lot of things in life doesn't, you know, feel out of our control. So it just gives us a little more control. Okay. So somebody might listen to you, Caitlin, um, or see you and think, well, she just has the gift of resiliency. She (laughs) Um, was born with it. She understands what it is. She practices it. But resiliency really doesn't work that way. It's not like some people have it and some people don't, right? Mm-hmm. What do you say when people, um, or how do you dispel the myth that resiliency is something that just some people have and, oh, well, too bad for you. You are not blessed with it. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it really is not something we're born with or not, right? We all Mm -hmm. have the capacity to grow and strengthen our own resilience. Um, It's really interesting because my co-facilitator, Ellen McCarty, she um, also teaches CREM with us. And um, 
she has a background in juvenile justice system. And Mm -hmm. she always explains that the youth that she encountered, um, the youth that may have experienced more traumas or adverse childhood experiences in their lives, seem to be more resilient than some Mm -hmm. of the the youth or children that were um, Mm well-resourced and more affluent. But I think that comes down to just experience, right? Like Mm -hmm. when, when we experience something traumatic or stressful in our lives and we get through it, we're, we're building that resiliency muscle, we're strengthening it. And if you've never really gone through anything like hard or tragic Mm -hmm. in your life, you just don't know how to deal with it, right? You just don't have the skills because it's not something you've ever been through before, but that doesn't mean you don't have it in you, right? Or don't have that capacity. Um, It is like a muscle, right? We can, Mm -hmm. we can strengthen it. We can practice um, growing that muscle. The more things we go through, right? The more that muscle might get stronger and bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes we do see that those that may have, gone through more in their past, have a little bit more resilience. But again, it's just about experience and what they've gone through. And Mm -hmm. all of us have that capacity to build our resilience. Um, And I think what it comes down to is really just taking time to figure out what works for you um, in those little self-care moments. What is self-soothing to me? What is, um, brings me joy when I'm feeling down? Um, and really just focusing on those things to try to increase that resiliency. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we do inevitably hit those ups and downs in life, we have some skills to call upon and to, um, yeah, I know this works for me. Yeah. I know that box breathing is really helpful for me when I'm mm-hmm. in an anxious mm-hmm. space. Right. But sometimes we don't know that if we've never practiced it before. And so I think that's where some of that myth may come into play of like, well, I don't have resilience. Right. But yeah. No, it's not that you don't have it. It's just that mm-hmm. it's it's new to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we all right. have the ability to to grow and and build upon our resilience. And, and some I'm gonna tie together a couple of things that you brought up in the um earlier in our conversation. One is youth and then the other, the practices that we have seen from our caregivers or parents. I think it's so common you know, if a parent or caregiver or really any youth facing adult sees a youth upset, you know, what's the first thing? Um, calm down. Don't be <laughs> upset. But if we can kind of change that to saying, you know, I understand that this is a very mm-hmm. upsetting situation. Why don't you tell me about that? That allows for the opportunity for that youth to um, kind of develop some self-awareness to mm-hmm. articulate and and then the conversation's going to go in a different direction. No one ever calmed down or felt better just because somebody said <laughs> down. All right. Right. <laughs> if anything, sometimes that shoots you up even more. You yes, know? exactly. Um, yeah. I think when, you know, we're trying to navigate helping somebody else calm down. Mm-hmm. Um it's one of those things where we want them to experience that emotion, right? We don't want to just shove these things away. Okay. Oh, stop crying. You Mm -hmm. know, you'll be okay. Toughen up. Right. Those are, are not necessarily um, helpful in that moment. Um, 
And, and we really won't just want that person to experience those emotions, right? Because we're humans and um, that's part of the experience, right? Um, but I think going through a training like community resiliency model can really help gain some of those skills of how do we navigate when somebody else is in a crisis or really struggling mm-hmm. right now? And how can I help them in a way um, that's not going to trigger them anymore or push them further away or maybe have them isolate? Um, and I think with assisting others, I think just having that compassion, knowing that, you know, and sitting with them, sometimes it's it's not even the words you say, sometimes mm-hmm. you don't have the words to help in that moment, but just being a presence, sitting mm-hmm. with them, letting them know I'm here for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, without judgment, I think that's a really important piece too. Um, and that's one of the the question and perspective shifts that we look at in community resiliency model is that, and in this trauma-informed space, it's that it's not what's wrong with you, right? You're upset mm-hmm. and crying, right? What? what's wrong with you? You know, it's what happened to you, right? Um, What are you feeling? What are these experiences that um, got you to this point, right? Um, And so I think that's where we really want to shift that focus is just, you know, sit with me, let me know what's going on, what's happening. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Not to make light of it, but I'm just thinking of, um, the Big Bang Theory when Sheldon Cooper's um, response to anybody <laughs> feeling big emotions is, can I fix a hot beverage for you? <laughs> but, you know, that is something that he has learned to do. And in some instances, even though he is a rather unempathetic individual, he realizes mm-hmm. some part of him realizes that that act of doing something and listening, just being there with someone. Yeah can be comforting and not judging them. So yes. And I love that question too, because it puts that autonomy in the other person's Mm. hands, Mm -hmm. right? So it's saying, can I do this for you? Right? Can I get you a glass of water, a cup of tea? Mm -hmm. Um, Can we go on a walk together? Right? You're not forcing somebody or telling somebody, Hey, drink this glass of water, right? Right. Like you're, you're giving them that choice back too. And I think in Mm -hmm. that moment that can really help um, allow that person to kind of feel more in control of their response to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, asking, can I get you a cup of tea? Can I get you, can I just sit with you? Um, mm-hmm. Those are, you know, make more of a difference than we realize. Okay. Excellent. You've mentioned so much about the community resiliency model. So I hope lots of folks will <laughs> check out our calendar and join us because we have a lot of offerings But as we look to close out today, Caitlin, is there anything that you think people would be surprised about the community resiliency model? You've taught a fair number of classes. Is there any feedback that people give that is like they really didn't know um, what to expect or what skills that they actually could learn and gain? Yeah. So the community resiliency model is one of my favorite trainings that we offer just because it really is so simple and so universal. And I think that's kind of what surprises people about it is the simplicity of the skills, Mm -hmm. right? So there's six skills that you go through. It's tracking, resourcing, grounding, gesturing, shift and stay, and then help now. If you've never gone through it, you're probably like, I don't know what any of those are, right? (laughs) But 
when we start to break it down, um, where we realize that, oh, wait, yeah, I actually do this. I actually Mm -hmm. do, you know, go on a walk and kind of uh, do a little bit of grounding stuff when I'm angry, or um, I might think about my happy place when I'm (laughs) like stressed out in a meeting or something. Right. And so there's a lot of these skills that we already do that are very simple to incorporate into our day-to-day, but it is the intentionality of it. It's the awareness of it. And um, really just keeping in mind that I have this as a resource for myself. Um, I think a lot of CREM skills do overlap with a lot of like therapeutic practices and stuff too. So if anybody is um, in therapy, I think they'll recognize a lot of these skills too. But I think the fact, too, that it's a universal model is really the beautiful thing about CRIM as well, is that it works for anybody and everybody. I mean, your little ones that don't have full sentences yet that need help regulating their emotions or maybe the the old, older adult in your Mm -hmm. life um, that need some some skills that they may Mm -hmm. not have learned. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a universal and across cultures too. I think that's, what's beautiful about the model as well. Um, they've tested it and done research all over the world and really is so impactful for any and everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. it really is a shared language, a shared Mm -hmm. universal language. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know, as you've said, it's applicable to anyone with a nervous system and that Mm -hmm. really is anybody, right? Yeah. Our youngest residents um, yes. to our um, older folks. So, mm-hmm. all right. Last question, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you would like to share? Well, I think shameless plug for Resiliency Week, right? Yes, <laughs> um, absolutely. <laughs> that I'm I'm super super excited about um, and ready to bring to the community because we're talking about building our resiliency and, and gaining these skills, but how do we do that? Right. Yeah. Resiliency week is going to really encompass all of those things and and building skills, having conversations, connecting to others. So each day we're going to have different activities that will um, really be for anybody and everybody that wants to join. And the week is really focused on building those skills for ourselves. I'm really excited about the retreat on Friday, which is going to be um, a full day of exciting workshops. And so we'll do things like yoga and a sound bath, but Mm -hmm. we'll also have a journaling workshop and some creme skill building. Um, So the, the week is really going to be wonderful and full of great events and activities with wonderful people involved. So um, definitely recommend checking it out, heading to our website, cobcollaborative.org, and you can see all the fun activities and sign up for what you can make it to. But um, also just want to say, you know, there is help out there, right? If you need help, reach out to somebody. There's wonderful organizations like us at Cobb Collaborative that are connected to so many great organizations and resources, um, but we're not alone. Um, Like we Mm -hmm. kind of mentioned earlier, I think with the way the world is today with social media, sometimes that can feel very isolating and that you're Mm -hmm. alone in this. Um, But we'd be surprised that, you know, uh, as human beings, we share a lot of similar experiences and feelings. And there is somebody out there that will understand and resonate with you. And um, 
there is help out there. So, you know, reach out, check out our toolkit, our website. We have a ton of great resources. Um, but yeah, there's wonderful people and wonderful workshops like CREM um, to really help us build that capacity for ourselves. Wonderful. Thank you. And for our listeners, Resiliency Week is February 5th through the 9th. And so you can check out all of those great activities that Caitlin mentioned on um, our website. Um, But we'll be starting the first full week in February, February 5th through the 9th with activities every single day. So very exciting for sure. So, well, Caitlin, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. What a great way to kick off our 2024 series. And I look forward to continuing to partner with you as we help to make Cobb County a trauma responsive and resiliency focused community. Thank you so much for having me, Irene. And listeners, we thank you today for tuning in. And to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes, please subscribe to our Mind Your Mind podcast. Also, we ask that you leave us a review on Apple so that other people can find us. Please plan to tune in next time as we continue to empower, educate, and engage our community through conversations about important issues that our residents are facing. Until next time, please stay well, be kind, and remember there is no health without mental health.